Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, folks? SKD here. Hope you all doing well out there this holiday season and all that juicy stuff. I hope those who are feeling a little isolated... Uh, actually, for those who have a lot of friends or have close friends or whatever, check on your friends. Make sure they're doing okay. You know, things are crazy these days. I'm sure a lot of people are feeling isolated, especially uh, some are still coming out of this Zoom issue of what's been going on for two years with our students. I can still see the repercussions. And it's just been really struggleful how people out there. So, again, happy, you know, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to all you all. Happy Hanukkah. So check it out, right? I wanted to do this show for a good three or four months. It actually started when I first heard about Woman King, you know, quote unquote, King in quotes, coming out from um, Viola Davis. And I knew it was going to be a joke. It was a joke when I saw the title. And then, you know, I was following a little bit when I had a chance to because a lot of people be surprised. I don't really follow a lot of films in terms of, you know, development, things like that, because we already have enough of our own in development that's taking a lot of work. So, you know, I talk to my people, maybe check out a couple of podcasts here and there, you know, Film Threat, you know, RKO Post, you know, Nerdrotic and, you know, um, Heal versus Babyface and, things, you know, other folks as well that are out there. So, you know, I go in and out. But yet, you know, when I heard about Woman King and I heard about, you know, Wakanda Forever, I'm like, oh, here we go again. There's nothing but African cosplay. This is actually a prelude to a show I'll be doing probably sometime this coming Thursday. But it was nothing but African cosplay. There's no respect. And the thing that really that really hurt the most or disappointed me the most is that when the film came out, there was really, you know, a lot of the YouTubers I used to follow. You know, I, I say used to because I don't really follow them that much anymore because it all becomes like an echo chamber. You know, I tuned into one YouTuber and they went, it was like about four or five of them. They went on about Disney for like about an hour. And I'm like, oh my God, like, the, the, you know, okay, Disney doesn't really care. They made it clear they don't really care about us or anything like that. They don't care about the fans. They just want to, you know, market to some niche audience because that niche audience is working over at Disney. So it was like, you know, I went across a couple of the shows and was listening. And especially when Wakanda Forever came out, it was, they would always have like, you know, the, the Latino point of view or, you know, the black American point of view. And I think outside of one um, pod uh, YouTuber whose show I really need to find because I want to link him up. I didn't hear anything from the African's point of view. Like, and I mean like African. I don't mean like African-American. I don't mean Afro-American. I mean like African-American, like African, grew up on the continent. That's the culture and that's how it is. Not read in the textbook, not study in school, not went to a black studies program. I'm talking about from the continent itself. Straight up, all right? Because the reason why I never liked Black Panther, the first one, I thought it was a horrible movie. It was overrated. You know, but a lot of people, you know, you see people wearing dashikis and all of a sudden they want to have these weird names. But they don't even like the Africans that like th- that they work with. So I just watched it and I was like, this is a joke. You know, and Wakanda Forever is a joke as well. We'll get to Woman King in a second, you know, quote unquote king, right? But Wakanda is just another extension of African cosplay. You know, you hear reviewers, they're talking about, there's no men there. They're talking about, oh my God, look at, you know, Nimor, or however you pronounce his name, whatever it may be, the character, because I couldn't tell who this character was supposed to be. It looked like the green trunks, but, the, you know, we'll get to that in our main show. But what got me was that, you know, I went, I, you know, you know, I listened to quite a few of the brothers out there. I was listening to, you know, Midnight's Edge. I was listening to Latino Slant. You know, I check out all their shows. I, you know, I follow them. I try to do a Patreon when I can. You know, maybe a super chat here or there, whatever, when I'm able to. Yet, you know, 
they didn't really care about an African's point of view because as I show in our upcoming show, I actually wrote one of them. You know, I think it was Slant. And I was like, you know, um, check it. You know, he had a brother on the show. I can't remember the brother's name. And they were talking about, you know, the film itself, Wakanda Forever, which I can, you know, Polly, I think his name is Polly. He gave some great insight from a cinematic way of shooting it, which I definitely agree because there was just some stuff in there that I was like, oh, my God, what was the budget for this film? And where did it go? Well, Agami is that, you know, Maka wrote in and, you know, was asking like, you know, hey, man, it'd be nice to have, an, you know, an African's point of view instead of just a black American's point of view, what have you. And the response from, you know, from, from Slant was like really disappointing. It was like really condescending to us because it was like, yo, we just want to give a different lens. But everybody's looking at Wakanda forever from like, a, it's a first off, Black Panther's a fictional African character. They sit in a fictional African country. You sit in a fictional location in Africa made by two Anglos. And folks acting like Black Panther is like the second coming of, you know, it's, it's the mana falling from heaven for the Israelites in the desert, the way they're reacting to that film. And when people are talking about this nonsense of representation, 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 it's like, you know, if you really need to see yourself in film to have some kind of validation these days, then there's really something wrong. All right. Because it's not like we're talking about back in the 60s with Ohura, you know, Nicole, uh, Nichelle Nicole's rest in peace system. Glad I got a chance to meet her. You know, Dr. King was heard that she wanted to quit the show. And Dr. King found her and said, look, you have you don't understand just you being there means a lot to a lot of people, you know, in the community. You, you know, you can't, you know. You, you can't leave. And that meant a lot to her because she didn't realize the impact. It's one thing when you come from the, the generally the 60s. You know, then you come to the 70s, you have Julia. You have all these films that come out of melanin people. The 80s was like a watershed. I think that's the word to use in reference to melanin being on camera. Yeah, the 90s, you had New York Undercover, which is like, okay, that's a lot of us grew up in that community. Community, you had 21 Jump Street. A lot of us grew up in that community where you saw different ethnicities. It was no big thing. It's one thing if, if, you, if you didn't grow up in that period, right? Because now you don't understand what it was like to really not really see a lot of you, then see a lot of melanin. And then, you know, kind of like, okay, it became mainstream, quote unquote. Not like it was the normal thing, but like, okay, whatever. Because a lot of folks, they remember Different World. They remember The Cosby Show. They remember, um, oh my God, Living Single. They remember, you know, I want to move the, the comedy shit. Um, oh my God, The Keenan Brothers. It's escaping me at the moment. But, you know, they had like, you know, Jim Carrey's breakout. You know, the, I can't remember the name of that show was for some reason. Really odd. Let me look this thing up. It comes sitting in front of a computer. But it's really like, okay, I keep thinking um, In Living Color, that's what it was called. I was always confusing that with In Living Sing- with uh, Living Single. You know, when you watch those shows back in the day, you was like, okay, it was new, it was different, it flowed, right? Now, you know, folks are here talking about, they, they act like they've never seen black people on TV before. Like, they've never seen Latinos on TV shows before. And you're like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, seriously? Like, where are you coming from? But a friend of mine has made this made this statement he made a comment to me a little while ago um he said if you're under 30 you don't understand any of these things he's <laughs> like literally you you don't really understand what it was like back then and I, and I was really fascinated because you know he's like i think he's in his early like i think maybe his early 40s something like that but he talked about you know he talked about some very interesting things that were very serious and he was like you know i was like i don't understand why these folks keep complaining about representation representation so what happens as why is the problem because now the studios are more concerned about hey let's get a black face in there oh we'll just race swap this character we'll just race swap that character we'll just gender swap that character we'll just sex swap that character and they think that's actually going to help the show and then what happens you have a lot of these writers especially the, the brothers or the melanin who are getting hired for these shows only because their brothers or their sisters or their melanin or whatever right and the writing's not any good 
And you're like, okay, this is supposed to be... You know, there was an episode of Mantis, those who remember, I think it was the early 90s that came out. I can't remember who it came from, but somebody I keep thinking of Regula Hundlin, but I don't think it came from his camp. It came out back in the day. It was about a scientist. I think it was Carl Lumley played the lead, if I have it correctly. I could be wrong. And he had, like, two assistants. One was a brother and one was a sister. And the one scene that always stood out for me is in the parking lot where these guys are about to fight. And these guys comes out, like, in this martial arts moves. For those who know martial arts films, you know they always come out and they do a couple of moves to get into the form before they start doing the beef. I never forgot that clip. And I remember how it came out. It was, everybody was like, yo, that's, this show is nice. It was tech. Good stuff. Next year, you know, they got reformatted into the, the Kente Cloth, you know, series because... They try to make it quote-unquote black, whatever that may be, right? And it was like, okay. Yet, when I look back at those times, I, I, I feel bad for the modern audience right now, especially these young cats who have grown up on TikTok or things like that, because they have no clue, who, you know, they have no clue who about this, 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 that era. They don't know anything about Spike Lee. They know Spike Lee now, but they don't know that Spike Lee put out two films, you know, he was putting out a film every two years. He, you know, he brought that up. Malcolm X and things, Do the Right Thing, where Giancarlo, you know, first came to prominence among the brotherhood and the sisterhood. Well, those that are in new theater knew him, you know, but, you know, he was doing business, school days, live fresh, fresh born, Samuel, Samuel Jackson, all that kind of stuff. This generation is missing out on that because they're so into representation, representation, representation. You know, seeing a guy who's melanin on the screen means nothing to me. It's like, he's not from my culture. I'm African. And I mean, like, born and raised in Africa. Some people are like, you know, I learned English here. But I don't look up there and say, oh, my God. When I saw Blade and I took my brothers to go see that film, we were like, yo, Blade, that's like a D-list character. But Wesley, isn't, people don't understand how big, it's like Bobby Brown. Folks don't understand how big Wesley was back in the 90s. I mean, oh, my God, this guy was like, Wayne takes hell, Blade 1, Blade 2. We don't talk about what came after Blade 2 because it was a joke. There's other movies that he was in. He played, I believe, a CIA or FBI um, um, uh assassin or something like that back in the day. This guy was just everywhere. Passenger 57, doing business. So I think people understand how big he was back then. But yet now, you know, so we went to see Blade. It was about seeing a cool character set like in the city doing stuff that those who grew up on martial arts like, yo, we already know about this stuff. We're about that life. It reminds me when Crouch and Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out and people were saying, oh my God, we've never seen this before. You know, usually folks that was like under the age of 40, you know, whatever. And the brothers and sisters, we were like, wait a minute, hold up. Anyone that grew up on martial arts back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, we, we saw all this. We already know who all these actors are. We can bring, you know, Wu-Tang, they always thought, you know, the 36 Chambers, they, you know, they always talk about this stuff. So I, I, I come back to say that because what kind of forever is another? It was just, it was... It had two million dollar budget, budget, two hundred million dollar budget. The name or they cast it was a joke, you know. The actor, in terms of he doesn't represent name. The name or the company was either Asian or Eurasian. All right, you know, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, what have you, in those areas. And he was always cut diesel swole, and it was like this isn't Namor. But yet, you know, a lot of our Latino brothers were really critical. First off, they were very happy about the casting. Then they were critical about how it's portrayed. And I said, okay, fine, let me reach out to these cats. I reached out to them. I reached out to Slant. I reached out to Midnight. I reached out to these cats. I said, yo, I'd like to get my point of view on Wakanda as an African and let you know how we sit. I think it'd be a cool conversation because oftentimes our conversations and topics of discoveries, you know, conversation, you know, you know, overlaps, what have you. I didn't hear from, I don't think Midnight ever wrote me back. And I never heard back, you know, well, I already talked about the, you know, reaction i got from you know brother slant but you know mexican iron man he had like an, an, an epic rant i mean it was top tier in the pantheon pantheons of epic rants and he was just furious about the film and the thing about that what how he was feeling is that that's exactly how i felt as an african and i'm not the only one there's a whole lot of us out there who feel like 
we, we, we looked at Wakanda. It's like, wow, you know, you look at Denai and the other sisters, whatever. First off, yes, they got all the men out. We're not understanding why is the queen, okay, she, it, this, it, the, the show made no kind of sense. They, they, they had like, you know, they always had Denai, who's drop dead gorgeous, always had this just weird accent, had her eyes bugging out. It was just then the way that young girl who played Riri Williams, by the way, Riri was created by an Anglo, so he was getting money. Right, like Deadpool and brother um, Liefeld, you know, getting licensing money as well. But you know, then she makes a comment towards you know um, Denai's character. I can't remember the character's name. Who cares? Denai's character about this ash on her forehead. And I'm like, wow, that's not kind of funny because a lot of people used to call Africans, you know, African bush boogies and ash, you know, all that kind of stuff, whatever. So we would just, you know, I watched with a couple of my friends from the continent, north, south, east in Africa, what have you. We just sat there about fifty, we were about twenty deep, and we we're like, this is a joke. It's like they just took what they thought was African culture, and they'll say, oh, but we had these experts. They'll, Screw the experts. I don't care. We got these experts who know this stuff. No, they don't. You have, what, opening a force field with, what, beating some drums, what have you, using spears. I mean, the best part was, actually, when the movie ended, <laughs> right? But, you know, there was, there's some stuff I'm going to talk about later on. But I just want to say, people, this walk and Woman King, it's just a joke. There, there was no Woman King in that area. And what really was exposed by that is how black people saw Africans. Because then you had you know, Metadon. He's into Roman stuff. And he actually did a whole video about where there are black people in Rome. Now, I think he was upset because they had, a, you know, they had some dark-skinned melanin playing Hannibal or something like that, whatever. So I know where he's coming from. Yeah, at the same time, like, so what? You want to do a whole video of where there were black people in Rome? Like, like seriously? Then on the other hand, you had black folks. You had Jason and you had, like... Um, you know, Brother Elder and all these other cast, they were talking about Woman King and talking about, well, here's the true history of the Dohemi. They were involved in the slave trading. Yeah, okay, so what? Get over it. What's the issue? The entire continent was involved in slave trading. My country, we're in the middle of Africa. We was getting slave traders from the east, and we're getting slave traders from the west. So f- that's, that's how they see Africa. They didn't talk about the great empire. They didn't talk about the great war that was going on. They didn't talk about how they fought against the Europeans. And they tried to, when the Africans, a lot of the Canaan said, look, we know what you're doing to our people. You're not going to get any more of them. And they're like, well, we'll just take them by force. And the wars broke out. You want to see the true history and reduce it down to they were slave traders they were slave is that how you see africa seriously because when i'm when i'm around a room for the africans or west indians we're not over there you know walking around talking oh we're so oppressed oh my god we need we need you know reparations and we need to be acknowledged of our suffering and all that kind of stuff whatever we need representation whatever oh my god no we already know our history but obviously a lot of people over here either they don't know about history or don't care or they want to know just enough so they can cosplay Africa in Wakanda forever. Then you have Woman King. You know, there's a scene in Woman King that's lifted right out of Endgame when they were fought, when they fought Thanos, which is essentially the death knell of the Marvel the Marvel movies because that everything built up to that, and it's like there's no plan after that. But anyway, it's coming back. There's a scene in, in, when they're fighting Thanos. All there's and you can definitely see it's forced in there. All the women um, superheroes, all the superheroes who are women in that that. Um, episode when they're fighting Thanos come all together look towards each other and they walk forward blah 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 and everybody's like okay this is interesting and my young my god dollars would be like that's a stupid scene because it made no kind of sense but anyways that scene was lifted wholeheartedly right into Woman King where they're attacking this camp of um of, of enemy folks whatever and as they're walking towards and Viola's walking with the sisters to the left and right and tosses her sword maybe it was, maybe it was another character it was so dark I couldn't tell it was Toss their machete over to the other person to their right. I'm like, yeah, I've seen that before. You know, and so you look at Woman King with a joke. You know, first off, you know, to see my man who played Moses um, over there in Attack the Block, his name escapes me. A lot of these names escape me today. I'm just like really tired. So bear with me. We just had finals exams and there's a whole lot of paper. I had a grade. But, you know, when you watch the film and you see the interaction between 
um, Viola Davis's character and the actor who plays um, the king in there, where he's like, oh, well, you know, um, go to war. And she says to him, well, sometimes you have to fight for something. Maybe folks don't understand how the culture really worked back then. Okay, first off, she's she's not telling the king. She's not telling the king anything of what to do. Okay, she's not. But she wants to portray the John Boyega. That's his name. So, so I'm like, I, and John Boyega is really traditional about, you know, the culture. I think he bought his mom some home, bought his parents um, a home. Cool video. And he's wearing the traditional as uh, Daniel Kaluuya was doing Kaluuya was doing at the Black Panther. But coming back again is everybody would reduce. Now I won't say everybody on the planet, but those who I watch and I went I went through a whole lot of videos. They always talked about the Dahomey in reference to how they're involved in slave trading. As though they are, that's the only thing they can see about their own, their own selves. They don't see the two great empires. They don't understand the nations coming down across the borders. They don't understand the wars. They don't have the nuances. You know, Viola Day wasn't going to take that. She don't respect Africans because if she respected Africans, she would never make that joke of a movie. Like, seriously. Because everybody forgets that the homie, that the homie, you know, the, 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 a, they want to call them the black Amazons, whatever. But the female guards, when the French came in, the French wiped them out. I mean, not they didn't like, exterminate them, but they killed a whole lot of them. But yet, Jason Whitlock and all these other cats, you know, you know they, it's weird they had Lauren Chen talking about, I think, Wakanda Forever, because, you know, you listen to her interviews with, with Kenny Chu and sometimes even um, um, Kim Iverson, you know, when they talk about merit, 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 they make it seem like as though, you know, they take these subtle shots at black and Latino folks or other folks who are low income in, in those who are in the low-income community that are black and Latino folks, we need to make it seem like, well, maybe Asians just care about education more while other groups care about entertainment. I record all that stuff. I'm going to to upload these stuff over the next couple of weeks, you know, and I'll put my you know, late links into this episode. But yet, Women King is another example. They say, oh, and see, Wakanda Forever, there's no men. Women King, you know, is they're slave traders. But never, never, no one ever said, like, you know, from my understand, you know, I wonder how the Africans look at this film because it was a joke. She literally co-opted. And the funny thing is, I found, not in a high way, if I understand correctly, I believe it was two Anglo women wrote the script for Woman King. It wasn't, it wasn't even black women. So it was like, wait a minute. So you, it's bad enough you have um, the, the appropriation. I can't even look at that movie because it's so stupid. You have the appropriation of Africa. But then on top of that, you don't even hire Africans behind the lens to actually put this thing together, right? I mean, who was the writer again? I believe the writer is uh, Dana Stevens, Anglo, grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. What has she written? That's, what has she written? That's Menonin. Okay, she had fatherhood uh, for the love of game, City of Angels, Safe Haven. Doesn't mean nothing because she's not from the culture. All right, who was the other writer for this production here? Uh, Maria Bello. Let's see what's, where she's coming from. All right, bet. Uh, Anglo, uh, Pennsylvania. Looks like, well, yeah. All right, what has she written? That's up the melanin. History of Violence, Coyote Ugly, Lights Out, The Cooler. Lights Out was pretty cool. But I'm not sure if she, wait, I think she was in it. But anyways, so my thing is, well, where's, you couldn't find no African writers? So let's go back a little further, all right? African, the, the woman king. And on INDB, it reads, a historical epic inspired by true events that took place in the King of Dohemi, one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th centuries. Okay, well, if you go look at the poster, it's dumb. Because you have, you know, John Boyega is supposed to be surrounded by the guards. And, okay, well, that's nice and that's great. But Boyega's character, if you go by the historical epic, you know, inspired by true events, well, you're lying right there and then because his character was laying down the law at that time. He was the one that put together the regime of, of female warriors. He's the one that did it. 
But yet they had Gina Prince um, Prince Bythewood. Much love to the sister. She has a good bio. She's done some good work back in the day. You have her directing it. You have two. You have a sister directing it. You have two Anglo women writing it. You have a, a black American who's the lead in it, right? And you're like, okay, well, the best you can come up with is a film that really just shows. That, first off, there wasn't even that many women in, in, in the Doheny. If you ever read the, the articles and study the whole thing, right? And on top of that, it was just another woman empowerment story, like everybody's talking about. And I, I, I never understood this woman empowerment story because all the women I know are empowered. I mean, women are empowered as it is. So for me, it's just, you know, again, we'll be doing the show, I believe, Thursday, if everything works together, if everything works aligned, like we have the holidays coming up. But it was, it's just been offensive that what people just see Africa as a cosplay. They only respect our culture, right? They're going to say, oh, well, you make your own films. Yeah, you know what? Why don't you do what, what Quentin Tarantino did and some other people do? Why don't you start, like, bringing some of these films over here so they can get the love? I mean, people, you know, Samuel Jackson and all these cast are the ones who are complaining about all the, you know, black British coming over here, taking the work. Okay, well, why don't you spotlight some of their films over here and start, you know, using your, you know, your, your, your bridge that you can, like, go back and forth, what have you. But instead, it's just Woman King's a joke. You know, again, it's a cosplay of Africa. They don't respect Africa. They're like, we do tell them stories. You know, and I believe more of us now, you know, you have, um, are coming out in terms of music, in terms of film, and just promoting our own stuff. And for me, that's the direction I just always want to be in. It's like, okay, you know, Disney don't really care. Mama's going to do what they want to do. They are going to do what they want to do. And it's like, why are we going to keep knocking them? Let's just do our own thing and say, you know what? We're going to do our own thing. We are our own eyes. Because, you know, you have to remember, there's only like 40 million black folks, you know, black Americans or however this class are in the United States, in the United States, right? There's almost 300 million Nigerians. And the Nigerians, I don't know any Nigerian that's like, oh, I need to go to Hollywood. I need to go to, I need to go to L.A. and break in. I don't know any. And I know a lot of them in the industry. And they've been asked, well, why don't you come over to America? They're like, why? It's like Bruce Lee when he went to, it's like, okay, I'm not going to make it here. I'm going to go back to my culture, blah, blah. And he's like, well, why, why come back to America? Yeah, I, you know, I try to break in. I'm going to do my own thing. So, you know, you know, Viola, you know, she wanted to do the movie, cool. But when, when she comes out and says, if you don't see this film that, you know, it shows that you don't support, you know, black women can't sell. No, the movie, the movie sucked. And it was just offending as an African. It was like, that's how you see us. And then when I hear the brothers, you know, talking about the film and the sisters talking about the film in terms of slave traders, I think Metadon did a flick, did an episode on the truth about the Dohemi. What's the truth? Like, who? no one's hiding anything. Don't act like you're trying to reveal. You Don't act like you're revealing anything. All right. I mean, I, I sometimes wonder if he has something against black folks, the way he, talk, you know, he just goes out his way and talks. And I like his work. I like his material. You know, he's someone I want to meet when we go up to the UK. Yet... You know, if people just see us Africans as slave traders and child soldiers and stuff like that, then it's really sad that here we are in 2022. People's representation means, you know, co-opting other people, culture that are very important, you know. Yeah, you, yes, you can say you had Africans in Woman King. So what? The movie still sucked. All right. It, it, it was just whack. It was nowhere near historical. It was nowhere near. It was based on two on, on real events. It would last about thirty minutes because the, the the women got wiped out, and some did survive past that. I believe one died in the seventies. I could be wrong. I'm not too sure. I have to look into that. But again, so just stay tuned for the show. Right now, it's entitled uh, "African Cosplay," the African cosplay of Woman King and Wakanda Forever, a movie that that essentially had Black Panther die off screen. And all the boys, the young boys, the young men wanted to go you wanted to go see that film, but there's no Black Panther there. And what they got was I don't know what what was a joke. But anyways, 
Enough of that, people. Y'all stay safe out there. Talk to you later. I am gone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 